0: everyone and welcome to the act of worship podcast this is dr jonathan michael jones great to be with you today and i am excited you are listening um today i am going to talk about a theological issue uh and really a a subcultural issue in the church, and that is uh, the issue of bivocational ministry. I was having a discussion with someone recently who is a bivocational minister, and he sort of had the idea and the feeling that uh, his role is not as important as maybe someone who is full-time in ministry. And so I tried to encourage him and help him out with that uh, because I firmly believe that that is not at all the case. And so uh, I personally have been in vocational ministry in various capacities for 19 years, um, <clears throat> some full-time and some bivocational, and so um, various capacities. And I am not serving on staff at a church, right now, but I still do some supplying and different stuff like that, um, and I've seen ministries ups and downs. I've seen the good and bad. I've seen the benefits, the struggles, in a variety of types of ministries and ministers, and so a common discussion that has arisen over the years is whether ministers should be paid full-time or part-time or even be paid at all, and I've seen opinions from across the spectrum as well, uh, as including those who believe that paying ministers is not biblical. Now, I, I disagree with that assertion. In 1 Timothy five seventeen and 18, the Apostle Paul makes that clear, to pay your ministers. And so, um, I fully admit that each minister's calling is unique. And let me say this. Um, a lot of people have the idea that ministers, at least in the United States, are somehow uh, they get off the hook with certain things, that they don't pay taxes. I've heard that quite a bit. Ministers don't pay taxes, and that, that is blatantly false. <laughs> if that was the case, then then I, I got gypped when I was a minister because I certainly paid taxes. A minister is considered by the IRS in many ways self-employed, so... Uh, there are self-employment taxes, in fact, and so uh, not only that, but most ministers, unless they have opted out of Social Security, which they can do if they're ordained, uh, but most ministers have not opted out of Social Security and pay the full 15 percent of Social Security, whereas most employed people pay 7.5 percent and their employer pays the other 7.5 percent, so um uh, yeah certainly we ministers write off uh, certain things but so do people in the corporate world that's that's how it works <laughs> you you are able to write off things that you use for your work and uh, so you know when someone says that ministers don't pay taxes don't believe them it is blatantly false ministers pay taxes just the same as anyone else and so uh, context determines a great deal regarding wages and and there are benefits and consequences to both full-time and bivocational ministry. And so, and now when I use the term full-time, I'm obviously talking about a, a pay scale. There are ministers that that is all they have to do is minister. They they, they don't have to work another job, and that's okay. Uh, reality is many bivocational ministers put in almost sometimes just about the same amount of hours as a full-time minister. And so... Um, I don't want to discredit either one, full-time or bivocational, um, or I don't, I don't want to find either full-time or, or bivocational ministry more admirable than the other. Both manifestations of ministry are noble and worthy tasks, and so uh, for the purpose of my words today, I am going to discuss the benefits specifically of bivocational ministry. And I personally personally wish that more ministers, pastors included, were bivocational for the reasons that I'm going to give today. And not only that, but I wish that more bivocational ministers put in the same work, schooling, and attention to ministry as those who are full-time. Paul did so. Paul was bivocational. And so why couldn't any other minister in the local church do the same? Ministry is hard, Okay, It's hard. People act like it's easy. It is not easy. And we should support our pastors and understand what they do for the kingdom. And I understand uh, three primary benefits to bivocational ministry. And so I believe that that this is something that all Christians should realize. And so I'm going to give you three benefits to bivocational ministry. First of all, a connection with normal human life. And this is from personal observation and experience. Bivocational ministers possess a natural connection with normal human life that is at least difficult in full-time vocational ministry. A lot of times people usually falsely associate full-time clergy with laziness lack of skill, having an easy job, and and that's usually not the case. Many pastors come from other fields and are very skilled. Uh, Now, I do know a few who, um, and you're going to find this in every field, though, not just ministry. I do know a few who, who would fit that description, lazy and probably can't do anything else, lack of skill. But most are not that way. And so while this is a false equivalence, ministers who also work in fields outside of the church perhaps possess a natural avenue toward relating to others and outside world and a minister's life is anything but normal both inside the church outside the church and in the home really and so um so, see, I was raised as a pastor's child, so I, I understand what life is like in the home and, you know, coming from a minister's family, um, and then I served in ministry after leaving my parents' home, so I can attest to this fact. Life for a minister is different, and it, it's, you know, it's far from difficult manual labor, although sometimes ministry requires that, as much as people don't realize it. Um, but ministry is difficult in its relations with people. People can be both a tremendous blessing and a dreaded curse and often the same people. And so when, when people both in the church and outside the church see and know that a servant of God also works a typical job as they do and has the same struggles as they do, but still gives their time and devotion to God, a natural connection is built. They think this person is like me, and they serve God, which really creates amazing pathways for evangelistic opportunities. There was a statistic that came out a while back um, about um, the effect of inviting people to church, Um, and it was interesting that the members of the church had a greater effect than did the ministers of the church. In fact, the higher, the higher you went up, you know, you start with the pastor, the pastor actually had the least effect on that. And I think it's because people realize that this person's like me, they can relate to me. And so bivocational ministry sort of has that natural connection. The second benefit is a greater ability for the church to use the resources God grants her. Bivocational ministers also reap the benefit of a greater ability for the church to use the resources that that God gives the church to use. And so, said in a a more colloquial manner, um, less of the church's money is not used on ministerial salaries. And so, I don't want to discredit, again, paying ministers. Paul instructs churches to do this. But it is a practical feat for a minister to work another job so that the local church can use their resources for the purposes of ministry. And since a minister's job, uh, since it's a a minister's job, not only to minister, but to equip the saints for the work of ministry, Ephesians four, the resources God grants the church should also be used for that purpose. And so, likely despite popular opinion ministry costs nothing hear me on that a lot of people think well ministry costs money no ministry is free period end of story it simply requires willing and committed people to serve god and really to give of their own time and resources but the resources of a local church are exceedingly advantageous to the work of ministry and so When someone is a bivocational minister, less of the church's resources go to paying a person's bills, honestly, some of which are luxuries, and instead it goes to the work of ministry. And so, again, I don't want people to think that I'm against paying ministers. Not at all. I've been a full-time minister. Um, I'm not against that at all. And I know if you start paying a minister, you know, millions of dollars, um, I I might have a little bit of a problem with that. (laughs) But um, when someone is bivocational, more of the resources in that local church can go towards the work of ministry. Again, ministry is free. Uh, We need to get away from this idea that it costs money to minister to people. It is free to minister to people, period. So if you have money, if you have resources in the church to contribute to that, that's just icing on the cake, but it is free to minister. Hear me on that, okay? That is just, that's that's crucial. I think people, um, we've gotten the wrong idea that, well, to have a church, to have ministries, we need money. That is false. That is blatantly false. You need willing and devoted people, and you can make it work. If God... <laughs> By, by saying that we need money, you're saying God needs money, and he doesn't. And so, uh, but one of the be- benefits of being a bivocational minister is um, freeing up some of those resources to devote to ministry, which is a good thing. The third benefit I see here is that for a bivocational ministry, there is no fear of man, but a complete trust in God. They, they naturally have less fear of man. In other words, their local church body, okay, less fear of the people in their local church body. Instead, they have a complete trust in God. Now, this is a rule. There are exceptions. And again, I'm, I'm saying this as um, a practical matter that, that, that this is something that probably would come easier for a bivocational minister. It's not to say that it's impossible that a bivocational minister would be afraid of people. That, that certainly could be the case. Uh, there are exceptions. But without a church paying a full-time minister's salary, that minister can serve God unashamed, unapologetically, and without fear of losing their livelihood. Truthfully, any minister full-time or bivocational should serve in this way. But they often do not. And so with another source for provision, which really no matter what is always God, a bivocational minister can more easily trust God and not fear what will happen if they serve God in the manner that he commands. And so one who relies solely on a church salary could easily struggle with obeying God when the tide is against him. But that's precisely what all Christians are commanded to do. And someone who's a bivocational minister um, can serve God faithfully, obey Him, even when the tide is against them, and it may cost them their position at their church. It very well may. I'm not saying it won't. And if it does, that doesn't mean that they did the wrong thing at all. Sometimes, a lot of times, actually, that means they did the right thing. Here's the conclusion of the matter here. Ministers serve for free. What do I mean by that? I once served with a pastor who told our church and the entire ministerial ministerial staff, he said, we serve for free. And I thought about what he meant by that, and I realized it later. While we were full-time ministers, in other words, we were getting full-time salaries, the assumption should be, and it should have been at that time, it should always be that we relied on God for our provision even though the church paid me a salary, God is the one who provides that. Not people. Ministers are to obey God no matter how difficult or how unpopular it may be. And so we can't see into a person's heart to know their motivation for serving God. But we should take them at their word when they say they serve God for his glory. And so While full-time ministry contains the natural advantage of being able to focus solely on the work of the Lord, bivocational ministry provides avenues of connection with people that might otherwise not be gained. And so, paid or not, ministers should serve for free and trust the Lord for provision. And if that comes through the local church, then so be it. The Lord's work is holy, and his people are holy, and his ministers are are holy. The work is holy. No one should discredit bivocational ministers, but should instead hold them to the same, the exact same standards as a full-time minister and should consider their work equally as worthy. And so these are just some benefits that I see to bivocational ministry. I think it is a worthy task, and we should not discredit it and think that those who are full-time ministers have somehow reached some level above a bivocational minister. They're equal. They do equal work. Whether you're preaching to tens of thousands of people or 25 people, it's equal work, and it is a holy and noble work. And so these are, uh, if you're a bivocational minister, my hope is this that, that this is encouraging, that your work is worthy, and God has called you to that. So thank you for your service. And thank you for listening to this podcast. This is the Act of Worship podcast, and this is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.